welcome to episode 39 of the 1099 for the week of April 25th, 2016. I am your host, Josiah Renaudin. My dog is just opening every door in my apartment. And with me today, other than my dog, is the founder and CEO of Gamer Assault Weekly, a community brand rep at Spiceworks, and a former fractal cadet at Ubisoft, Vanessa Fernandez. Vanessa, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. It took me so long to find your last name because you're Vanessa Marie on like everything. So I had to do like the... Yeah. The semi-creepy Google search where you're like, well, I found your LinkedIn profile and it's not overly creepy, I promise. No, that's totally fine. That's like a weird thing. Like after I got into like being all over the internet and stuff, I'm like, I should probably get rid of that last name thing. So Marie's actually my middle name. Yeah, now everyone knows. I'm just ruining this entire thing. It's so great. There you go. (laughs) So uh, whenever I get asked by people like hey, where do I get my start? Which is something that I get more and more now that uh, I have this podcast. I get a lot of emails, a lot of tweets, a lot of stuff like that. I always point towards sites that, while you might not get paid at the start, they provide great experience and strong editors because I am very much of the belief that it's a process to get to where you want to go. Randomly, you'll find someone who's just a badass writer who can go pitch a GameSpot or IGN first and they get it. And I hate those people uh, (laughs) because they skipped all the steps that I had to do. But I think there's there's a certain pattern that works that I, I think is kind of proven. And that's one of the main reasons I really wanted you on here because you have this site that really is good at nurturing writers and getting them to where they want to be. So to kick things off, how many writers do you currently have and what sort of content are they producing? What sort of content are you as a site producing? Cool. So um, right now we have 20 people on the website. Oh, so geez. we are a pretty big site as far as staff goes. Um and everybody on the website has kind of like their own thing that they work on. Um, we have a creative editorial team. Um, we have a re- reviews team. Um, we also have our news team, which pumps out, you know, articles daily. Um, and then we have, you know, someone who covers esports. We have people who cover indies specifically. And um, I really let people just kind of do what they're good at. And because of that, we have a huge variety of content on the website. Yeah. And I the, the weird thing about sites like this and i was the editor-in-chief of a site called stick skills which might have the greatest name ever uh <laughs> where it we were had about 12 people and it was a, kind of a similar format of like it's it's all volunteer based but there was this passion behind it that's hard to explain because when you say like hey we're a bunch of people when in our free time we're doing something not getting paid for very often you think like oh why would someone do that but when you really want to do this for a living later or if it's just fun for mm-hmm. you to kind of get that environment is it's exciting. It's really interesting. So for you, I mean, what do you do to keep everyone wanting to produce this content? Like, what, what do you do to galvanize people to a certain extent? So, you know, with the website, the one thing that I try to explain to them is it is what you make of it. Um, if they have, I'm more of a leader in the sense that I just kind of let people run with their ideas. I'm like, if there's something that you want to do, do it. Um, run it by me, but just do it. Like, I don't need to be improving everything. And I think that's one thing that really just lets people, um, kind of be who they are on the website. Um, and that's something that we find across all our social channels as well with our fans. Everybody doesn't never like necessarily know our website for the content. They know it for the people. And I let people have their own voice and their own opinions and stuff like that. And I know when you go to larger websites, it's very objective, you know, people's personalities are lost in the writing and that's something we wanted to, to avoid. So, um, not only that, you know, we have a very strong group of, uh, gaming individuals who are super, super passionate about, video games and it's not necessarily the work it's they love gaming and they want to be involved in gaming in any way that they can be and um having the website and letting them kind of just do that 
has been the one driving thing for them to continue producing stuff. You know, they see the way our fans react. They see the, the comments that we get. Um, the positive feedback is always good. The negative feedback, you know, they've learned to take it in stride <laughs> and, and learn from it. So um, that's kind of what's, what's been going on. And then at the end of the day, um, we've really created an environment for everybody that is fun. It's a lot of fun to work on our website. We are giant goofballs and we spend every day talking to each other all day. Um, and at the end of the day, we end up just being really close friends. So when we're able to go to gaming conventions, it's like meeting up with your best friend again and it's for video games and it's awesome. And I think they find a lot of value and payoff in that as well. What gave you the idea for the website? Like, I mean, was there something that you looked at there, another website you wanted to model it after? <laughs> I mean, what was kind of the process <laughs> of creating this? Well, okay. So before I got into the video games industry, I actually worked in the fashion industry. Completely opposite. Yeah, I was going to say, that might be as far removed in terms <laughs> of, like, as diametrically opposed as possible. Right. So I was working in the fashion industry. I was a writer. Um, I was a fashion editor before a magazine. And um, I had a blog called My Everyday Couture that really just kind of took off and started my, like, online writing career, I guess you can say. Um so I was doing that for a while, and at the end of the day, I was going to all these fashion shows, I was in New York Fashion Week, all these things. At the end of the day, I would just like come home, kick off my heels, and play video games with my friends because that's what I really love to do. And I was in the fashion industry for maybe like six years, and I just got tired of it. It's exhausting. The people are not the best. They're not at all like the people in gaming. And so. it's so different. And what I loved about gaming was my friends and my community and stuff. So I was like, well, I'll just start a blog um, just for myself. And it was on like Blogspot at the time. <laughs> and it was called Gamers Weekly. And I would just post their weekly like updates of what I was gaming or, you know, any big news came out that I was excited about. Um, and then I brought on my friend Orlando and he was a web developer. So he was like, well, let's just make this look a little bit better. And um at the time, I had picked up some notoriety for my, my, my programming days and then um, working with Ubisoft with the Fragdolls, and um, it started to just kind of snowball. And I was like, oh, God, oh, God, I need more writers. I need, <laughs> I need more people help. And that's kind of where it came from. It just kind of exploded on its own. It's very organic in its growth. Um, but there was nothing that I necessarily did specifically that was like this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be Gamer So Weekly. It's going to be a gaming news site with all this stuff. That's just kind of what it ended up being. Yeah, usually there's no mission statement. It kind of just <laughs> happens with um, yeah. Doug Vini, who's one of my good friends, and he uh, made Stick Skills. It started as a senior project for high school. And then by the time he was in college, okay. growing and growing and growing. And by the time, like, we're getting like hundreds of thousands of clicks, and we're like, what the fuck is going on? And <laughs> exactly. like you said, I'm I mean, like, you started... You started with just you and you started to get more writers. And once you got more established writers, how did, what did the editing and what does the editing process look like? Because another thing, another quote unquote hot tip that I always give people is you need, it's hard to find a personal editor, but that was one of the most beneficial things for me is knowing those people who were willing to take the time to look at my work and be honest with me and say like, this part's dog shit, this part's good, but this part's hot garbage and you need to work on that. So like, what's the current, if someone's writing a review for you guys, what, what is the editing process? How many people look at it? Uh, how does it actually get published? So for our, our reviews and editorial content, um, usually we'll have our writers write their stuff um, and then let us know when it's pending. 
Um, everybody works on a deadline for things. We we do. Um, we use Trello, so everybody knows when things are due, and our editors know when things should be done, so that they can go in and have a look at what's pending. Um, so the process right now, we have about three different people who will look at it. First, I will take a look at it myself. Um, you know, as much as I run the website, I'm still very much involved in like the day-to-day -day stuff. So I'll go in, I will edit things down, um, I'll give feedback to my writers, give them to fix anything that needs to be fixed, and then they'll have it pending again. Um, at this point, we have our managing editor, John, hop into it, and then he'll go back um, through it and, again, just kind of pick and choose what needs to be fixed, what makes sense, what didn't make sense, anything that I missed, um, and then feedback to our writer again, <laughs> Uh, let him fix anything that needs to be addressed, and then um, it'll go back to pending. The final look through is just kind of from anybody on the website. We want to make sure that, you know, before it goes out in our final form, it's good for anybody to read and understand. So we have like an open editing process for yeah. um, those reviews and stuff. So people, not only other writers get a chance to edit and learn that way, but also it gives us a good idea that, you know, our article makes sense and anybody can pick it up and read it. Um, and then we'll go into pending again, and then we'll go into our publishing queue. Yeah, and I, I do think that process is more important than anyone <laughs> really knows. I that it's again that that group we had of like the fourteen people. There was always this. It's just, it's a long editing process, and we were very mm -hmm. sure that you know it's 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 not going to get the eyes that a giant website is going to get. But it's important that we really are proud of what we're putting out there, and it's yeah. also critical to understand how to take edits because if you are if you're looking to actually get involved with a bigger site and your first reaction to an editor's edit is like the the initial gut fuck you reaction uh which oh, is yeah. a real thing every once in a while like every once in a while <laughs> even from editors i have not like you get the mm, i think you're wrong and then you have to calm down and breathe for a second and be like all right just you know you look at it you see what's yeah. and you because you don't want to if, if that's your first reaction on the inside that's okay do not lash out and be like, well, I think your edits are shit and then walk away. Like that's yeah. – it's it's really critical to understand, you know, there are people out there who can give your article a second look and help you make it better. So – and also how often you – know, after you've gotten these edits, after someone's written at your website for a long time, how often have you seen your writers move on to major paid positions or just regular freelance jobs? And Because – I at this point with stick skills again to reference that we've had some people go on to uh, harmonics and have major YouTube channels and do freelance work for Kotaku and that's always extremely rewarding. So do you see yourself as kind of a strong environment to progress yeah. to something like an IGN or a GameSpot? Yeah, absolutely. We've had people who've moved on to work for um, like PR agencies in gaming, doing um, like content writing. So that's been really awesome. We have people who've gone on to work at like, completely different, unrelated. Um, websites like Facebook and oh, wow. um, yeah you know just kind of giving them a good opportunity to have some business skills um, on the website it's it's a good thing to see people move on that way we've had people go on to do all sorts of things like you know YouTube content and acting and voiceover and stuff so with our website one thing I will say is that whether or not they move on to writing positions is kind of up to them um, but we have been around for a little while um, and I know a lot of people in the industry, so a lot of the important thing that I let my writers know is, you know, go to these events and network. It's the people that you talk to, especially in our industry. It's who you know and how well you know them and how you can prove your, your worth and value to the industry and to their company and stuff. So it's not necessarily you have to be amazing at something. It's 
prove that you, you want to work. <laughs> it's shocking how much networking matters. And it's always <laughs> weird to talk about because like the real blunt way to say it is like, make sure you're just like buttering people up. But I, I always suggest like, don't be that guy who sees someone who you know is, you know, quote unquote important and just yeah, go yeah. To talk to them to be like, let me have your business card. I need to piggyback off your success. It has to be it has to be natural and those conventions and it, it's really great that you guys do get access to that. Uh, that was something that we did earlier too, like early in my career when I was writing for those sites is it's really important to, I mean, a lot of times you're spending your own money, which it, you know, that yeah. part sucks and it, it's not as inclusive because not everyone has the, the, if I was living in Pennsylvania at the time to fly to California is not cheap, but what yeah. I gained from that was, you know, I, I met Lauren Lanning, which led to my first IGN feature. I met all of these different people. I met you know, Jeff Keighley. And you meet those people. And if you can you know, present yourself in the right way, like you said, it's, it's amazing what networking means. Almost too important sometimes. You're like, man, I wish I could just be a good writer and that's yeah. all it took. But <laughs> this is the life. Never, it's not, it's not that easy. Uh, but how rewarding is it to see those people that you've worked with move on? It, it can be hard because you've relied on their content, yeah. but is that more rewarding than just about anything else to see someone you've worked with and help get better, move on to something they've always wanted to do? Yeah, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, we all are working, whether we stay with the website long term or, you know, the website's giving them a platform to do something else that they're wanting to do. Um, that's 100% rewarding for me. If I can make people, if I can help people get into a position where they're able to move on to something better, 100% on board with that. Obviously, I would love to have them on my website forever. Yep. <laughs> and like, never leave me. But that's not always the case. It's fine, though. I mean, piggybacking off that, too, is it even more rewarding to see, okay, let's say you have, you just got an article picked up by IGN. You write that. You publish it. You see it. Great. Awesome. Is it even more rewarding to see your own traffic figures for your site, something that you and your friends have built up, keep going up and up and to see creative content on the site, even if you're not getting paid for it, really succeed? Does that amp you up even more than being published on a major site? Because you know, oh. it's one of, it's kind of a, your own blood, sweat and tears and seeing yeah. it all come together. No, 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 absolutely. And I think for me uh, personally, it's not necessarily about, you know, being on these huge websites or working for these big companies. It's about really putting out content that relates to our readers and our viewers and our followers. Um, that's what's important. Those are the people that drive the success of our website. Um, so we really cater to those people and we listen to them and we take their ideas and we, we run with them and we really try to make them part of what we're doing as well because at the end of the day, you know, we're not getting paid. We're not this huge thing and it's not something that has to be corporate or it doesn't have to be, you know, a focus on business. It's about you know, being with our friends and writing content and going with ideas and stuff that's that's that everybody wants to be a part of. So if we can toss our opinions that way and get an engagement and conversations going with our, our friends and followers and everybody, um, that's what really matters most. Do you ever get competitive with other sites like of your size? Because I know I did, even <laughs> if I would never say it, there were always the sites where you'd see like... No, there's ways that you could look at traffic figures online without, you know, not exact yeah, estimates yeah. of those ones. You see it and you're like, those goddamn people, they're like 100,000 more this month. Those jerks. Like, is there, a, do you, do you not only get jealous of that, do you ever look at other sites and kind of say, try to figure out what they're doing and trying to figure out how you can maybe incorporate some of those aspects into your oh. own website? 
To an extent. So something that's different from our website as opposed to other sites in kind of like the gaming atmosphere is our site is specific to video games. A lot of the websites of our size pull in general entertainment like movies and comics and all these things that will reach a broader audience just to get that traffic up. And that's awesome if you want to be a full entertainment website. That's not what we were going for. And the actual... Um, existence of gaming specific websites that are that are big um, now just doesn't really exist and that crazy. was the mark it really is you know everything has gone into general entertainment which is completely okay and fine but even like big websites like GameSpot they always they have a little mix of everything so while um, you know we had considered that for a while but it wasn't really true to what I had wanted originally with the website I wanted it to be a video game website because there was nowhere I can go on the internet and find gaming specific sites anymore it's like okay i don't want to read about movies and comics and have to dig through all of that to get to the gaming stuff i just want to know what the hell's going on in gaming and because once again you're not worried as much about we need to get as big of traffic figures as possible exactly. you kind of have that leniency where you don't have to write top 10 best walking dead characters from season six and yeah. spread that <laughs> on every single site possible yeah no and that, that's just not something we're about like as a website and as a group of people um we we all enjoy those things, but that's not why we're here and what we're why we're doing what we're doing. So, you know, we want to keep it to gaming specifically. And I don't want to ask you to promote any other sites of your size, but as someone who I mean, I've been out of this sort of realm for a bit. That was this was like my life for years and years is being, you know, like looking at other sites like Stick Skills and like your site and like XBLA fans and stuff like that. Do you know of any sites that are kind of similar to yours that do have this environment where people can, you know, grow and really start writing and getting their name out there. Are there other people that you feel like kind of are your competition? Yes. <laughs> can you really name some of them without even saying if they're good or not? I think one that we I've met some people over it would be um Twin Planet. They're doing amazing things over oh, there. Yeah. Um Yami is great. Her I've met some of her staff and they're awesome. And I think, you know, the pe the kind of people that are there are the kind of people that we have um, at Gamer Assault Weekly. And we look at them and they have a, a lot of stuff going on. And we're like, okay, how can we amp this up a little bit? Because we want to be like awesome. But then again, there are some differences in, you know, the type of businesses that we have. Um, so it's hard to compare, but I do admire the stuff that's going on over there. It's always good to have those competitors and really get to see what they're doing and how we can change a little bit. Um, but we, we definitely pick and choose what we want to go with. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, competition helps. Competition usually makes you, like you said, oh, yeah. you, you look at that stuff, you like, what can we do to amp this up? What, what can we do to keep pushing? Uh, and one of the things that you definitely do is find new writers and keep expanding. So what's mm -hmm. what's that process of finding new writers? Because I remember back in, like, way back when, I was writing for a site <laughs> called Reaction Time, which might have gotten, like, tens of hits a month. Uh, <laughs> and I would go through every avenue. I would be on, like, forums i would just be all over the internet mm -hmm. trying to find people who i thought were similar to me who were really wanting to get mm -hmm. into this had this passion for it and you know sometimes you get some misses or people where it's like oh, yeah. oh you just like you have, don't know how to write at all and that's fine but like for what we were trying to do it was not helping so I mean, what's the process to find someone that you definitely know is the right fit both in terms of writing aptitude as well as kind of your the culture of your website so one thing about our site that I will say is we try to keep everybody like super close. We have a very close knit group of individuals. <clears throat> so when we're bringing people in, my first go to is to go to my staff and say, hey, do you have any friends mm -hmm. that you know are on the same level as us as, you know, gamers and individuals who are super passionate about video games, who are driven to work, um, who are interested in writing? 
and you know bring them in for me it's like our writers work best when they work alongside people who they know um, and who they're personal friends with because not they're not only you know working towards something for the website they're they're kind of doing it for each other um, and, and they can support each other in that way and they have things to connect with over the website in that way so we've brought in a lot of people who are friends of friends and that's awesome um, because it keeps us really really close and we're able to just have those bonds that you know, a lot of people don't have at other websites because we are bring, they are bringing in like super random people um, who are fitting the job needs but not necessarily the culture needs so for me culture is number one important thing because i want people to be happy um and happy people do good work so that's where it comes from first when those avenues are kind of exhausted and like well i already talked to my friends whatever we will um go into our social media accounts and just kind of openly advertise our our positions and um you know, we have a very in-depth interviewing process um, with the website. So it's not like, okay, hey, cool, you can come write for us. It's cool, submit a resume, submit your news um, pieces or your writing samples. We're going to have an interview. We might have a second interview uh, once we talked, and then we'll decide whether or not to bring you on. And that's very much an important part of the process because – we're not just going to be like, hey, cool, you can write, join us. <laughs> yeah. We really want people who are fully committed uh, to writing and to video games and who are knowing what they're getting themselves into with our website because it is unpaid and it is volunteer. Um, so that process is super important. And it seems a little overkill for a volunteer position, but it's definitely necessary to keep the level of professionalism that we have on the site, um, especially when it's public facing. Do you often see uh, like any women try to get into uh, your website? Because I remember when I would send out similar calls for stick skills, I was always really hoping we'd get a lot of women coming in wanting to write. And for me, I just never really got the response from them. And that was always a bummer for me because we had like a lot of dudes. And I was like, I really want different diverse voices. Have you found a lot yeah. of women or di diverse people trying to write for your site? Yeah, we've had a few women come and go from our website. Um, our entire eSports section is led by one girl, so which is awesome because it's yeah. esports and she is completely involved in it and she heads that section by herself. So that's super amazing and I'm super proud of the work that she does. Um, but whenever it comes to like writers, the majority are male. Um, we do get a lot of female applications for like our community development, our social, you know, our social platforms, um, and we do get a lot for um, actually I think it's just community development. Yeah. We did get a couple of in for our, our graphic design that we're looking for as well. So they tend to do more. I'm finding the, our women are coming in for more like the business development side, not necessarily the writing, um, which is an interesting thing. I would love to have more yeah. female writers on why our do you site. Think that is like, why do you think that not many are going for the writing positions? Um, I'm not sure. Like, I honestly have no idea. I would love to have more female writers on our staff. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, you know, I have somebody to hang out with when we go to conventions. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Vanessa and six dudes. So <laughs> <laughs> walking around with my posse. But <laughs> for you, have you ever gotten the and you hear it all the time with like female game writers and you get like the you're not a real gamer, fake gamer girl, that kind of bullshit. D do you ever get that? Is that a thing that ever comes with being a woman in the industry? Because, of course, once again, you hear it. But for you, someone who's been in it for this long, who's come over from fashion writing into games writing, have you ever felt like you were not taken as seriously as you should have been because of that 
false kind of idea of a you know a woman who plays video games and writes about video games so for me personally no only because i've not let people i've not allowed myself to be treated that way and i think when a woman starts complaining about oh somebody said this somebody said that it it leads to well it shouldn't matter you know you're not a real gamer you're not whatever you say you are um i've never publicly discussed that for me it's like i'm just going to do my work yeah and my work's going to prove my worth and i'm not going to you know complain and moan one way or the other that i'm being treated a certain way because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter it's that i'm doing good work and i'm proud of the stuff that i'm putting out i'm proud of you know who i am and what i represent in women's and gaming um and that's what matters yeah, you know, and I, I'm not one to to chime in in you know social conversations about things going on about women in gaming. It's just it is what it is. The people who are discussing it are the ones that are driving those problems. So for me, it's just head down, do your work. Um, and because of that, people have seen me more as a, a like an actual business professional in the industry and not a girl gamer because mm. that's not. I, sure, I play video games. That's awesome, but I don't necessarily call myself a gamer girl because that's not who I am. I am a professional woman in games, and more women need to carry themselves that way and see themselves that way and portray themselves that way in um, a social um, atmosphere. And I, I feel like we've definitely gotten better with our representation over time, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully, there's a point where I won't even have to ask that question at all. Where it's not <laughs> even a topic. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, I don't have as many women on this podcast as I'd like to, so it's, it's an interesting thing to discuss, but yeah, hopefully there's a point where it's not even a worthwhile thing, where it's not even, (laughs) not even a talking point anymore. Uh, and kind of on a similar track here, can you explain what the frag dolls are and your involvement with them? Because I don't feel like I know enough about the frag dolls. I know you're involved before. I don't think you're doing any longer, but. I heard it was always kind of meant to offer more female gamers opportunities to network and attain, uh, attend game industry events. Did that kind of help you get in the industry, or was that something that you were involved with after you had already gotten in? So, um, kind of starting off, well, the Frag Dolls were a group of um, pro gamers that had worked with Ubisoft, and over time they had tra- transitioned into having the Frag Doll Cadet Program, which brought in young female gamers um, to experience working with, you know, AAA developers to be in professional environments, going to gaming events and, you know, networking and talking with people um, just about the industry and about games and really get out there to build themselves personally and professionally. Um, so when I was part with them, part of the Fragdoll Cadet program, I was actually part of the last class. So they don't exist anymore, which is really a sad thing <laughs> because it was such an amazing program for women and um, girls coming up in the industry. Um, but, you know, with them, it was definitely a kickoff point for me. Before I had my website, my website was growing, but I never really had direction about what I wanted to do in video games. Um, and then I was part of the cadet program and surrounded by all these other women who were who were so, so, so passionate about working in video games and not just being girl gamers because we never considered ourselves gamer girls it's like we are women who are looking to build careers in the video games industry and the fragdoll cadet program was something that was giving us an outlet to do that by letting us network with you know the biggest people in video games giving us you know a, a giant developer to put on our resumes 
and um, giving us an experience of working with PR, working directly with consumers and working internally with uh, the people over at Ubisoft we were just spectacular. So um, that was a kickoff point for me because it really led me to realize, I'm like, okay, I'm doing the website. The website's great. If I can make this our full-time job in time, that would be amazing. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, my skills are around communication and business development. And I, I know that I want to do that in gaming long term. Um, and working with the Frag Dolls just kind of gave me that. That just kind of like solidified that idea for me that that's what I wanted to do because it was everything that I loved. The people were amazing. Um, going to events is amazing. And once you start going to these conventions and you have your group and you network with people and you have your friends and that's the only place you get to see them it makes it just like so much better so it was awesome it was really really awesome and you mentioned you know this is something that you wanted to make into a long-term career uh mm -hmm. where do you think we're at right now with uh it, it is hard to get a full-time career in games writing uh the industry as a whole there are definitely more opportunities but I mean, what are your both your personal long-term goals and what's the the long-term goals for your website? I mean, I have I feel like I've been in the interview process for so many different full-time jobs at major publications that I won't name, but like it's yeah. it's hard. It's really difficult, no matter your level of experience, no matter what you've done. And I, I right now I have a you know a part-time gig with a uh, a developer, and that's a really cool opportunity. It's fun for me, but it's you know the in terms of the the actual media side you've mentioned before a lot of sites are adding so much entertainment and i think a lot of that is kind of almost admitting that games by themselves for sites that size are maybe not enough to prop a site up like that so right. kind of what are your plans or what are you planning on doing with the site cool so with our website we actually got our business license for it about a year ago so um it's been a it's definitely been a process. We had gotten into conversations with investors and got a few investments that kind of, you know, helped us get further along um, as far as infrastructure and getting things ready and up and going on the website. Um, we're able to get our own servers and like all that kind of stuff. So everything for the website runs super smoothly. Um, one thing about the larger websites that we find that we don't want to do is to be sold out to a media company. Um, I want to keep control of my website. Um, just because I know whenever you get bought out by someone larger, they do turn it into that full entertainment website because that's been proven to work and it's easy. This isn't going to be easy. We very much, we know that this is not going to be an easy thing and it's been, it wouldn't say it's been a difficult sell to investors. We've, we've received, you know, some seeding money and, um, at this point it's just getting our, our traffic numbers up and, um, you know, kind of proving the value to them. So ideally for our website, I would love to make this a full entertainment website where, I mean, we do have a little bit of everything right now. Aside from just having the website, we have a YouTube channel, um, we do live streaming six days a week and um, we do offer that like full media entertainment aspect. We're just keeping it specific to video games. And I think that's the, the sell that we're trying to give people, um, especially when it comes to investors and, you know, business development. It's like it's going to be something that's on the same level as everybody else. Just it's going to be gaming specific. And there's so much in games that we don't need to add movies and TV shows and comics to make it, you know, just as big. So that's definitely the route that we're going. Um, so far it's paid off. We've gotten some really, you know, in good investment opportunities. Um, 
and we would like to make the website something that's fully functional and running on its own. Um, so that's that's a thing. We have some great affiliate programs. Um, we just partnered over with Microsoft as well. So we have things working and chugging along. It's just such a process. <laughs> it's such a process. I that would I mean, that's what that's what I want. Like I would love the site to be something that's fully funded that works on its own. Um, and then we're cooking up restarting some of our other projects. And then it would just be a matter of figuring out the media sales to to really drive the revenue. I mean, is that the ultimate dream? So let's say here's oh, yeah. two scenarios. You have a full-time position at IGN versus you make this something that you don't have to have a full-time job. You can just work on your own website. Would that be the ultimate dream to be able to just work on your website and kind of oh, be yeah, financially stabilized that's, by that? Yeah. Then that's not just myself, but that's something everybody in the website wants. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them who have been on my site have been with us for the past two or three years. We have a lot of people who've been here for a very long time and at the end of the day that's all they want to do they have dedicated their time and their lives to making the website you know what it is um so yeah i mean that's like the dream <laughs> i would love to do this full time um and if that's not the case then you know just being able to work in the games industry the thing about the website is whether or not it goes full time and it pays off for us or we just keep it as as it is what it is where we are doing this as a labor of love it's going to exist it's going to be something that I continue doing for who knows how long. <laughs> and if not, I will pass it on to like my children's children. Be like, this is what I'm giving you. <laughs> the family website. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> so, so if people want to find you, if people are listening who are ready to write for a site like yours, what, and what's the best way to get in contact with you? Cool. So they can actually just go to the website. Um, it's GamersSaltWeekly.com. At the very bottom, we have an opportunities page that has all of our openings available. Um, and they can just submit a resume and application through our website directly. Or they can find um, any of our social media sites, either on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, and just send us a message. Let us know you're interested. At the end of the day, we're going to talk to people and we want people to be able to find us so we're not going to be like oh you have to go to the website to apply just be like hey i'm interested and we'll be like cool let me get you the links let me send you over whatever information you need and we really want to help people find us as well so yeah yeah we're all over the place great well thank you for explaining all this to me because once again i've been out of this loop and i've been looking for someone to talk to <laughs> exactly about this now i'm going to find all your competitors just have them shit talk you on the podcast that's going to be oh, the next God. step it's like bring them all yeah. on and be like <laughs> What do you think about the way they handle reviews? I'll just be whispering there, the entire time on the podcast. Chat, chat. I heard there's no HR over there. <laughs> it's, it's a mess. <laughs> oh, I'm going to start just a war. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, once again, I really appreciate it. Hopefully, I see you and other people on your site at an event at one point. I, It's so hard when you have, like, I have a full-time job not related to games. And I pretty much, because of my part-time job, I have access to any event if they need me there but I need to convince my other boss like hey can I leave work for a week to work at another job that's not yours like that might not go over swimmingly but I would love to go to like <laughs> E3 again I really 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 want to um, that's like the yeah, goal we started planning for PAX West Ugh, do not oh, like wait which one's PAX West. okay hold on oh. how many there's there's PAX East there's Boston I've been to that one uh, there's a PAX South South here in Texas Texas there's a there's a PAX Prime Seattle. So uh, Prime actually just got named Pax West. What? Yes. <laughs> uh, veto. That's I, <laughs> I think that's a so shitty move. This. 
They're fired. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I want that one to be called Pax Ass Pax. Like, that's the one. Like, that's the yes, one everyone knows. Right? This is a different conversation for different days. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening, and hopefully you tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.